Republicans and Democrats reach a deal to avoid a shutdown, but will John Kelly's comments make immigration negotiations that much harder? And President Trump asks the Pentagon for a parade. This is State of America Tonight. And it was one of the greatest parades I've ever seen. We're going to have to try and top it. He wants this big military parade, which is a huge waste of money for one man's ego. This bill is the product of extensive negotiations. This budget deal is a genuine breakthrough. White House Chief of Staff John Kelly making some controversial comments about the Dreamers issue. People were too afraid to sign up. Others would say were too lazy to get off their asses. My message to General Kelly right now is, you made this crisis happen. You can fix it right now. I think if anybody's lazy, it's probably Democrats who aren't actually getting to the table to make a deal on this. Hello, I'm Kirsten Powers, live in New York. This is State of America Tonight. We begin with breaking news out of Washington, where the Senate has reached a bipartisan deal to avoid a government shutdown. No one would suggest it is perfect, but we worked hard to find common ground and stay focused on serving the American people. We had serious disagreements, but instead of just going to our own separate corners, we came together with an, with an agreement that is very good for the American people. The two-year deal significantly boosts defense and domestic spending and includes a disaster relief package. At the White House, Press Secretary Sanders touted the deal's benefits for U.S. troops. Thanks to President Trump, we can now have the strongest military we have ever had. President Trump has also asked the Pentagon for a military parade, something the U.S. has not done in nearly 30 years. While plans are still in the early stages, at least two Democrats are giving the idea a thumbs down. It's a fantastic waste of money to amuse the president. When the world's eyes look at our city on a hill and they see an echo of Soviet May Day parades and North Korean military parades, that's not the best image for us. Let's bring in CNN White House reporter Caitlin Collins. Caitlin, what can you tell us about this desire of the president to have a military parade? Well, Kirsten, now it's becoming a lot more than a desire on behalf of the president because now CNN is being told that planning for this event is actually underway and they're looking at the logistics of how this would even be carried out, not only where and how and if Pennsylvania Avenue can handle something like that happening, coming down at this very heavy artillery and tanks and whatnot that would be part of a military parade, but also when they would do it, because as the Washington Post reported yesterday, the president wants this to be connected somehow to a patriotic holiday like the 4th of July, maybe later in November on Veterans Day. So those are the things that are looking at now. But they have confirmed that not only is this uh, is this happening, it's the planning is already underway. It's going on, though they say it is still in its infancy. But it does seem like this is something that is a very real possibility. And of course, as you just heard from those two Democrats, this is something that will have a lot of criticism for this White House, not only because of the cost, but because of the message it sends. A lot of people will say that it's something more that uh, somewhere like North Korea would do instead of the 
United States. But Kirsten, we know the president has been fascinated with the idea of a parade like this, especially after he made his trip to Paris on Bastille Day, saying it was one of the greatest parades he had ever seen. It was something he began speaking about with aides immediately. And clearly now this is something that he's in talks with over about the Pentagon and they had the defense secretary Mattis here at the White House today. So this does seem like a very real possibility at this point, Kirsten. And does he cast, is he casting this parade as something to honor the troops or to sort of show U.S. military might or both or, or do we even know? It certainly could be both. The president said he appreciated that one in France because of seeing everything come out, all the might and whatnot. But of course, that's something that a lot of critics will argue America doesn't need to do because it's already known that it's a superpower in that way. But you can bet that if the critics do come out, if they do say that the president is acting like someone in North Korea and not like an American president, that the White House will spin that message right around and say that it's because the Democrats aren't proud of our troops and whatnot. So you can certainly bet for a showdown between Capitol Hill and the White House if this does move forward. Okay, thank you, Caitlin, for keeping your eye on everything for us. And while the Senate has reached a deal on spending, lawmakers won't begin debate on immigration until next week. Those talks probably got just a little more complicated after these comments from White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. The difference between 690 and 1.8 million were the people that some would say were too afraid to sign up. Others would say were too lazy to get off their asses, but they didn't sign up. Joining me now from Washington is CNN political commentator and Democratic strategist Maria Cardona. Maria, um, what's your reaction to those comments? They were really depressing, Kirsten, because I think if you recall when General Kelly first went into the White House, there was a lot of hope for him to be, quote, the adult in the room. And while I never thought he was a moderate on immigration, in fact, he was the head of Homeland Security at the very beginning, who was very willing to implement the Muslim ban, I think people thought that he would be a moderating voice for Trump, who has been listening to the Steve Bannons of the world, to the Stephen Millers of the world, who we know have a very nativist radical immigration view uh, who frankly don't want any more people of color or anybody from outside countries coming into the United States. And so these comments, I think, reflect exactly where this administration is. And sadly, I think where General Kelly is as well. And that is painting all immigrants, tarring them with a brush that is tainted with the old, bigoted, racist stereotypes of being lazy leeches. And it doesn't end there. If you recall yesterday, we also saw a half an hour briefing from the White House podium on the dangers of the immigrant gang MS-13, as if wanting to paint again all immigrants and all dreamers as violent criminal gang members. And so I think it was ill-advised. I think it was sad. But I think it is, uh, again, sadly representative of where this administration is on how they think about immigrants in this country. Well, it's also it's a little bit of a failure of the imagination, if you wanted to give the most generous interpretation of it, that he can't even conceive of any reason that someone might not have um, gone ahead and applied, because guess what? This might have been happening. I mean, isn't it true that a lot of yeah. people were afraid? Can you explain that process a little bit? Because I don't think everyone understands. Yeah. A- absolutely. There's a couple of things here, Kirsten, and I think you're right. It, it, it also, I think, betrays a lack of understanding, not just of the process, but a lack of understanding of the human element here, meaning 
And frankly, for somebody who was a general in an army that is chock full of immigrant uh, people who serve, it is astounding to me that he has this lack of, of understanding. So first of all, it is $500 to apply for, uh, for DACA. And, you know, that is not uh, pennies for a lot of these immigrants who are working paycheck to paycheck. Secondly, there were more than half of them who were absolutely terrified to turn in their personal information, the information of their families, their addresses, mm -hmm. everything about them, especially because they probably foresaw exactly what is happening now, that after President Obama, there could be the possibility that there would be an extreme right-wing administration that would use this personal information against them. And it is no, uh, we've seen this because it is no accident that Trump, during the campaign trail, very clearly said that he wanted to deport the Dreamers because he was using them as crack for the base at his rallies. And I think that is unfortunate, but it also shows why these Dreamers, many of them, did not sign up. And so again, for Kelly to paint them as lazy, number one, betrays a lack of understanding, and number two, frankly, a lack of empathy of the reality that a lot of these dreamers face in this country. Right, and you are obviously an expert on this issue from a policy standpoint, but it's also a very personal issue to you, right? It is incredibly personal, Kirsten. I know many, many, many dreamers, many who have signed up, many who didn't sign up, and not one of them is without a job. Not one of them is committed to this country. They are as American as you and I, except for a piece of paper. Not one of them has ever talked about, you know, even the possibility mm -hmm. of not wanting to work, of not going to work every single day to make ends meet. And the other thing I would underscore about Kelly's comments is that, Again, it, it also betrays an understanding of the economic input and the contributions mm -hmm. that uh, immigrants have made to this country. Right. All right. Thank you very much, Maria. Thank you, Kirsten. And coming up, how about that big military parade? President Trump is all for it, but questions about cost, timing, and the message are piling up fast. The panel is next. Pentagon says plans are now in the works for a grand military parade. President Trump asked for one after seeing last year's Bastille Parade in France. Let's discuss with the panel tonight. Kevin Madden, CNN political commentator and Republican strategist. Patrick Healy, CNN political analyst and New York Times deputy culture editor. Paul Begala. Begala, I know how to say his name. Um, <laughs> CNN political commentator and Democratic strategist. And Steve Lonigan with the Courageous Conservative Political Action Committee. Did I say your name wrong? No, you have Okay, right. good. All right, great. Everyone's names are right. Perfect. So uh, I think we're just going to listen quickly to something that Senator Graham said earlier today. I don't, okay, well, anyway, we were going to play something that Senator Graham said earlier about this idea of a military parade, that there's nothing really wrong with the idea of honoring the troops, right? What he said uh, is that he just doesn't like the idea so much of honoring, like, the, I can't remember the exact, hardware, hardware is what he said, you know, basically the tanks and that kind of stuff. So what do you make of that? You know, why does the president want to do this more, like, show of force kind of parade, it seems like? 
Steve. Oh, may I? Well, I happen to think we already have one. It's called Fleet Week right here in New York, and people love it. We show up for American Navy. We come right up the Hudson River. Lots and lots of ships. People pour out. It builds American patriotism. It's a wonderful thing. So we might as well show off to the rest of the world, and we're the best. Well, okay. So, like I said, I would make a distinction between something that honors the troops, Paul, which I think is that's that's more what that's about, don't you think, versus... Well, I guess I should just ask you, what do you think of this? I mean... Uh, look, everybody wants to honor the troops. I, I'm not sure if the distinction is proper between, well, troops versus hardware. Mm-hmm. The question is, how do you best honor the troops? Uh, is this something the troops really want? Okay, I, I never served a day, okay? I, I didn't finish the Boy Scouts. <laughs> but my dad was in the Army. My stepfather was in the Army. My father-in-law spent his whole career in the Army. My grandfather fought in World War I, which is, I guess, what they're going to try to honor. is the 100th anniversary of our victory in World War I. I never met a soldier who said, gee, I'd like to march around for no particular reason in front of the big shots. And I, I think spending all that money and putting those troops through that is, it, it, I'm all for honoring I really am. And, uh, but I just think that this is actually more about the ego of the commander-in-chief than showing appreciation to the men and women in uniform. Or well, the ego of America. Well, I don't well, know. Well, no, it's the ego of the commander-in-chief. I mean, I remember when I was covering Trump during the campaign, and he talked a great deal about how impressed he was with the generals and how impressed he was with American military might. And why didn't we show that on TV more? Why didn't we show that on TV more? I mean, usually, you know, you have uh, other countries, uh, when, they, when they are sort of projecting force, there is some sense sort of a need to do that and mm-hmm. show that they are important, show that they are a power. Normally, the president of the United States doesn't need to roll out the artillery to show that America is a powerful right, country. Right, Kevin, so who in the world actually doesn't know that the U.S. Is, has a huge military? And sort of to that point, isn't the reason France does this is because they're not a major <laughs> military power and they're yeah. kind of hearkening back to when they used to be? Yeah, I think, it, I think it sends the wrong message to our allies as well as our opponents. I think one of the, the look, they, these, are, these are not, we have had them before, but they're not, uh, they're pretty atypical. And I think the reason being is that in the United States, we've always put the emphasis on um, uh, uh, the fact that America wants to defend principles and we want to honor the service of, of the individuals. And I think why you see these in autocratic regimes or you see them in places where dictators uh, run the show, it's because they want the emphasis put on the state, mm-hmm. on the military, on the dictator. And I just think that's the wrong type of message. We want to send a message to our allies around the globe that we're here to promote and defend liberty, democracy, and freedom, um, but we don't need military parades to do it. Right. Do you think, Paul, though, this feels a little bit like it could be a setup for the Democrats Absolutely. to come out and oppose it? Absolutely. And then say, why do you hate the truth? Absolutely. And it's not the biggest thing. The parade I want to see is the parade of Mr. Trump and all his aides marching off to the grand jury <laughs> to testify. That's the parade I'm most interested in attending, and I will well, applaud respectfully. Happen, obviously. Uh, well, hide and wait, Steve. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think, I, but I think we ought to think about what this does say about our country. You know, I've had the honor of serving the White House in the Oval Office, the resolute desk behind which President Trump sits, behind which President Clinton sat, President Kennedy famously, that desk has the great seal of the United States on it. But because it's an old desk from the 19th century, it's the original seal. It's an eagle. And in one talon, the eagle has arrows to show that we're ready for war. In the other, it has olive branch because we stand for peace. Back in the old days, 19th century, the eagle was turned toward the arrows. After our victory in World War II, Harry Truman said, we don't have anything to prove anymore. Mm -hmm. We prefer peace. And he turned the eagle's head around. Every seal of the United States now has the eagle facing toward peace. Mm -hmm. And I I, I just, I do wish uh, our our president, uh, who served so heroically, oh, wait, 
no, who avoided military service, went out of his way to because he's a rich, spoiled brat. I wish that he would maybe listen to Harry Truman, who helped save the I world. Feel like World Steve War II. wants to say something. Oh, I don't know. How much time did Barack Obama serve in the military or Bill Clinton for he, that? He didn't matter. order the troops to go parade in front of him. And, he didn't order the troops to parade in front well, of him. Well, so Barack Obama certainly did a lot to dismantle the American military. We finally see the military being built up again. We put an end to the Obama destroyed, the military destroying Obama sequestration programs. Uh, the world knows our American military is getting stronger every single day. Every see, single day. It's about time we showed the rest of the world. There are a lot of people who have the fingerprints of sequestration. Yeah. And also, if you're worried about where we deploy our resources and where we put a priority and an emphasis, it ought to be on rebuilding the military, not on spending precious time, precious effort, precious resources having military parades. I think we should show the rest of the world that we have the most powerful military in the world. So when Korea has this who doesn't know that? Parade, <laughs> the, 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 well, apparently, that. apparently a lot of people around President the world Obama, don't know that. And President Obama didn't need... Uh, to show great military might because when they, got, when they, when they killed Osama bin Laden. When they because he dismantled the military. <laughs> That's why he didn't have to show the need. Because he did one everything could, he could to demoralize America's military. Right. One could argue that, that, that okay. the, the country went to war in Afghanistan, in Iraq. It spent five years. So he says we were facing an incredible you know, financial decline coming off of the Bush administration. Okay, the idea of everything. spending a lot of money on military wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. We're only defeating um, ISIS now, aren't we? Uh, ISIS is going to stand down once they see the parade. That's true. They yeah. will just fall. <laughs> oh, it'll kind of blow their yeah, minds a little they're bit. They're just going to like open a hot dog stand. Mm, they're done. Okay. On that, <laughs> Paul has the last word. Uh, coming up, White House Chief of Staff John Kelly's insult to young immigrants is not going over well with some Democrats or, frankly, some Republicans. We'll find out how his comments are complicating Dreamer and budget talks. Republican moral cowardice must end. Members of Congress are trustees of the people and of our nation. Why are we here if not to protect the patriotic young people who are determined to contribute and to strengthen America? So I'm going to go on as long as my leadership minute allows. Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi speaking there on the floor, and she's still speaking. Pelosi has been going for more than four hours talking about DACA recipients. Her remarks come just one day after White House Chief of Staff John Kelly suggested some undocumented immigrants are, quote, too lazy to apply for Dreamer benefits. Let's bring back the panel. Paul, what are your thoughts on this? Unhelpful. Look, General Kelly, uh, he's a fine man. He's a war hero, given his everything to our country. His job is very difficult. It's to keep the trains on the tracks in Trump land. And that's hard to do. This is one of the rare occasions where he's been unhelpful. He's now derailed. What's what's uh, looks like a promising bipartisan agreement on the budget, which could be a very big win for his boss. I, I, I wonder if he doesn't want those words back. He seems to want to double down on it, which I think is foolish. I've been a staffer staff guys. And he's he's just staff now. I know he's a four star a little while ago. He's just a staff guy now. And he has actually hurt his boss's cause of trying to get the kind of budget deal he wants. Right. Well, I think actually I want you guys to listen to um, something that we have. If we could play. Um, the sound on um, un- the one about under attack. The nation is under attack. This is Kelly at G- George Washington. But make no mistake, we are in fact a nation under attack. We are under attack from criminals who think their greed justifies raping young girls at knife point, dealing poison to our youth, or just killing some of us for fun. 
We are under attack from people who hate us, hate our freedoms, hate our laws, hate our values, hate the way we simply live our lives. We are under attack from failed states, cyber terrorists, vicious smugglers, and sadistic radicals. So in this, he, this was 2017, and he, he basically takes undocumented immigrants and puts them in the same category with terrorists, and then also, I think, uses some language that sound a lot like <clears throat> Donald Trump's announcement speech, talking about people holding knives to girls and, and raping them. I mean, I feel like he's not actually this moderating force. Or, or, Steve, do you have no problem with what he just said? Well, I think it's hard to judge every single one of 1.8 million people who's lazy, who's not lazy, who's hardworking. I'm sure there's some of them in that whole big group, but I think there's a bigger issue here. You know, the political class thinks a lot of their DACA program, but apparently two-thirds of those folks who could sign it don't think enough of it. In other words... Many of these people haven't signed up because they don't think much of the program. It's or, just another failed government program. Or, and even the doctors know that. Or they were maybe afraid that they were going to come out of the shadows or and someone might come into power who would revoke Yeah, and it doesn't help the conversation when you offer that type of uh, sweeping generalization of their, of their uh, instincts on this. And there is a lot of other reasons. There are a lot of either other. Look, one of the main reasons is that it costs $500 to sign up. Some of these folks may not have the money. Others are scared that they're going to have to come out of the shadows and so all of a sudden they're going to get a visit from ICE. So there are very real, tangible fears that are driving, um, that are driving some of these DACA recipients to not sign up. But look, if you look at uh, General Kelly's comments, they are perfectly in line with this administration's policy. It's not a surprise to me at all that we heard this. And if you think, if you, if you recognize the fact that every president is essentially a, a reflection of the entire organization of his administration, of his government, it's perfectly in keeping with, uh, with that, that his chief of staff would use that type of language. Right. So, yeah, so I think the conventional wisdom was, oh, here comes John Kelly, and he's, gonna, he's so different, and right. he's just sort of there to protect America from, from Donald Trump, and that's not the case at well, all, Well, he came right? in to, to, to try to get the trains running on time yeah. and to try to bring some logic and predictability to the Oval Office to try to stop the the comings and goings of lots of people, including some reporters, you know, getting in there. So in terms of bringing some kind of, um, you know, sort of better systems in place, yes. But in terms of immigration issues, look, President Trump set the tone with the announcement speech, the way that he talked about Mexicans, the way that he talked about illegal immigrants with the um, inauguration speech, talking about this American carnage. Mm -hmm. I mean, that language feels very much uh, of a piece. I think Kevin is is right about that in a lot of ways. On immigration issues, Kelly and President Trump seem, you know, uh, very, very um, in sync there. But I will say, I lived in lower Manhattan for 13 years, and I know people, I like pizza, I like to eat pizza. I know people at a pizza joint down there at the Bodega where I buy some of my groceries, who I talk to regularly Uh, They are immigrants. They have family um, in this country who are undocumented. And the reality is they are very scared of this government. They are very scared, frankly, of a a Democrat or Republican government in terms of trusting how the government is going to protect them. Because they think that if they put up their hands, if they ask for benefits, if they come out forward, no, if they come out forward, that ultimately a President Trump, from what they heard, was that basically everybody's going to be rounded up. When he gave that they, speech they in it Phoenix during the general from, election. From, from who? Well, hang on, Steve. Are you uh, suggesting that they're Trump incapable of, like, anybody else reading a newspaper? Or, I mean, I, I'm not to, saying listen, that. I'm saying to, who's listen. telling them they have to be scared. Is it Donald Trump? Donald Trump, Trump is extended a hand. Donald Trump said he would make a deal 
on the DACA issue with the uh, Democrats. As a candidate, he very view. memorably said that we're going to not only just deal with the immigration issue, but we're going to start going after groups and sending them like back MS to their home countries. Like MS-13, and we should do that. He's also, also, very also, he's also Okay, we're getting the music thing. of death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to stop. Um, thank you, everybody, for an interesting conversation. Um, this is day 384 of President Trump's administration, and that's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.